We're going to talk about love tonight. Love is. What is love? Now just think about that a minute. If you were headed to define love, what is love? Um, Did you know that there are over 10,000 songs in the U.S. Patent Office uh, that begin with love is? Just let me give you uh, an example. Uh, Love is like a dizziness, 1905. Love is like a shuggy shoe, 1912. Love is like a sickness full of woes, 1912. This is, this is a good one. Love is a babe, 1919. Love is IOU, 1925. Love is like the influenza, 1927. <laughs> Must be contagious. Love is good for anything that ails you, 1936. Love is a dimpling doodle bug. 1943. It's pretty catchy. Love is a traitor, 1944. Love is, a do- is doggone me, 1947. Love is your prescription, 1947. Love is atomic, a new word, 1950. Love is a glass of champagne, 1952. Love is on the 10 yard line, 1953. Love is a bore, 1964. Love is hell in a small hotel, 1966. Love is psychedelic, 1968. It's getting into my era now. Love is groovy, 1969. I see we have a few groovy people here. Love is not one color, child, 1970. Love is a heavy number. Some of you remember that one, 1973. Love is a four-letter word, 1975. Love is a five-letter word, 1975. Love is a funky thing, 1976. Love is suicide, 1979. Love is a loaded gun, 1988. Love is for suckers, 1988. Love is blindness, 1991. Now, I know you didn't come here to hear about song titles, but we do want to talk about love because Christmas is about God sending his son, Jesus. Christmas is about God's love. And we miss the point, and this is what I just want to remind us of tonight. We miss the point when we think Christmas is about us or should be about us Um, I remember growing up thinking, I can hardly wait for Christmas because it's all about everybody wanting to make me happy. And it seemed like whenever I opened my presents, it was like a fulfillment of dreams. And that's how the early years of my life was, you know. And so it came along until about fifth or sixth grade, and my dad uh, was uh, kind of... uh, replaced in, his, in the work environment, and that set our family back probably three or four years, and I just uh, kind of wrote Christmas off and um, was pretty, pretty negative about Christmas because it was going to be so disappointing, and there's maybe some of you that Christmas is disappointing. Uh, 
for you as well. But Christmas is about God sending his son Jesus. Christmas is about God's love. And I just want to remind us of that. A uh, passage comes to mind is 1 John chapter 3, verse 1. I bet you don't think about this at Christmas. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. How great is the love that the Father has for us. Is that a takeaway that you have for Christmas? You know, what's really important to you? Why do we really celebrate Christmas? Uh, in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 18, the Apostle Paul prays that we would grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. 1 John chapter 3, verse 16, another passage to remind us, this is how we know what love is. There it is. Love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. And so um, this is why God sent his son. This is why God sent an angel named Gabriel to speak to Mary to tell her and announce that she would have a baby. And this is why that same angel went to Joseph and got him straight about Mary so he would take her as his wife. And this is why Mary and Joseph had to trek over 70 miles to go from Nazareth to get to Bethlehem to fulfill a prophecy of Micah chapter 5 and verse 2. Uh, this is why um, God announced to the shepherds good news of great joy and that they should go to Bethlehem to see the Savior. And this is why God put a star in the east to draw the magi to Bethlehem. Actually, I don't think they found him in Bethlehem, but that's why the star drew the Magi to, um, to worship the child, Jesus. Now, my wife Sue likes acrostics. We have an acrostic for love. I don't like acrostics. And so I don't use acrostics very often. About once every 20 years, I, this is, and this is the night we're going to use an acrostic because sometimes my wife has really good ideas. Um, so we're going to use acrostic for love. And the first letter L uh, refers to the left heaven to rescue us. Jesus left heaven to rescue us. Before Micah chapter 5 verse 2, before uh, scripture said that Jesus existed from ages past and that he would leave heaven to be born in Bethlehem, he would humble himself. Think about the God of the universe, the creator of the universe would limit himself such that he would fit into the tiny place in Mary's tummy, okay? He limited himself. He humbled himself. 
made himself small so that he could identify with us people who are small in, in his sight. He left heaven to rescue us. Galatians chapter 4 and verse 4 tells us this. This is the Apostle Paul. And he says, but when, when the set time had fully come, the right time in all of history, and that's, there's a wonderful study in looking at history to see all the circumstances that God had arranged at the right time for Jesus to be born in Bethlehem. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son from heaven to be born to Mary. God sent his son, born of a woman, human, fully human, fully God. And um, to, to finish that passage, the purpose is to, to redeem us, to rescue us, comes also in verse 5. So the L is for left heaven to rescue us. The O is offered unconditional love for us. Jesus offered unconditional love for us. John 15, 9, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. The Father and the Son have loved you and me with a great love, a steadfast love. We don't deserve it. Uh, we can't earn it. We'll never deserve it. We'll never be worthy of it. And we call it grace. God's unmerited favor for us. Um, God loves us like a perfect parent. And that's really hard for some of us because parents aren't usually perfect, are they? Or never perfect. Um, but God is a perfect parent and he knows uh, it, what we need. He knows our very best. Not just... Um, what would make him happy. But he knows what's really, really good for us. And he has the love of a perfect parent. Uh, so, L left heaven. Oh, he offered unconditional love. The V is voluntarily laid down his life to save us. He voluntarily left heaven. Uh, John 15, 13, greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. Jesus came to do the Father's will completely uh, to the very end. It meant that he would voluntarily sacrifice himself to do the Father's will. Romans 5, 8 said, but God demonstrated his love for us in this. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He, he took our place. He was our substitute. Uh, he stood in for us because we needed rescued. We needed redeemed. Because all of humanity has been separated from God. Romans uh, chapter 3, verse 23, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All of us have failed God in some way or another. And uh, we have not met God's standards. And um, Jesus took our place. We deserve death. Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death. Our consequences. And he experienced death in our place so we might live. 
And the E is that he entered heaven to intercede for us. After Jesus died on the cross, he was buried. He was put in a tomb. And on the third day, the first Easter morning, he was raised again. The resurrection of Jesus Christ. Uh, supernatural miracle, proof of his victory over death, his victory over the grave, his victory over sin. And then 40 days later, he would ascend into heaven to sit down at the right hand of God. And the Apostle Paul put it this way in writing to the church in Ephesians chapter 1. He says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know. So here's the question. Is this something that you know so that you may know the hope to which he's called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. So, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead the power over the grave, the power over sin, the power over Satan is available to us who believe. The Apostle Paul wants us to know that, to live with it, to experience it. But notice the very last part, and he was seated at the right hand of God in the heavenly realms. That's where Jesus Christ is today. Jesus is alive and he is at the right hand of God the Father right now. If you and I could be at the Father's right hand and see, we would see Jesus ascended, the same body that he had on the day of his resurrection. And then uh, the writer of Hebrews uh, says this in Hebrews 7, 24 and 25, but because Jesus lives forever, sitting at the right hand of God right now, because Jesus lives forever, he has a permanent priesthood. Now, a priest is a mediator. A priest is a go-between. A priest is a representative. And Jesus is our representative with the Father. He's our go-between. We can't get to the Father apart from Jesus. And we first believe in Jesus to become a child of God. Jesus, because he lives forever, he has a permanent priesthood. Therefore, he is able to save completely those who come to God through him because he always lives to intercede for them. Uh, Jesus intercedes for you and for me. Jesus prays for you and for me right now. He intercedes uh, he represents us to the Father. Uh, he knows um, more than whether you're naughty or nice. He knows your needs. He knows your cares. He knows your pain. He knows your sorrow. He knows your sadness. He knows your loss. And he represents you to the Father. And he wants you to trust him. He wants you to rely on him. He wants you to speak to him, to share your life with him. So back to love. Love 
is sending his son Jesus. Love is God sending his son Jesus. John 3.16 For God so loved the world we could say for God so loved humanity all of humanity, all people, all people groups, all nations that he gave his one and only son and he would send Jesus to this earth and he would be born of a virgin Mary and be raised by a human father named Joseph. He would live his life on this earth and he would do it in a perfect way without sin and he would die on the cross and he would pay the penalty for our sin. And notice this one condition, whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And God invites us to trust him. If that's something you've never done before, um, whether you do it tonight, I want you to think about this. This is really important if you've never done this before. One condition to begin a relationship with God, and that's to believe what God has said about his son, who Jesus is, that he died on the cross, that he paid the penalty for our sins. J.I. Packer uh, once said this. He said, the Christian message is that there is hope for a ruined humanity. That's us. There's hope for all of us, no matter who you are. Hope of pardon, forgiveness. Hope of peace with God. That's about our relationship. Hope of glory. That's about the future. That's about heaven. Because it At the Father's will, Jesus Christ became poor and was born in a stable so that 30 30 years later he might hang on a cross. It's a pretty good perspective of Christianity. So this Christmas, you're going to think about a lot of things you already are. there, There are things to do and there are meals to prepare and there are gifts to give and there are places to go. Perhaps the most important thing is to remember how much God loves you and what he did for you. That's the whole reason we celebrate Christmas today. Because God loved you so much that he would send his son, Jesus. Let's pray together. Father, we just uh, pause before you and we thank you for this Christmas season. And we thank you for friends and family and uh, all the families here tonight and just the opportunity to remember Jesus. And uh, Lord, it's my prayer that if if there's anyone here who um, is not sure about their relationship with God, that they could just focus on who Jesus is and what he's done for them. And even a simple prayer like just to talk to you It's as simple as saying something like, Dear God, I admit that I'm a sinner. I thank you that Jesus died for me. And I trust him right now to pay the penalty for my sin. And I ask him to help me to be the kind of person that he wants me to be. And a prayer that simple can change your life forever. If you mean business with God, if you put your faith in Jesus Christ, 
You can pray that prayer right now. You can pray that prayer when you get home. You can pray that prayer tomorrow. But you only have to pray it once if you mean business with God. And Father, I just thank you uh, for the privilege to, um, to worship you, to sing songs of praise, to remember uh, the first Christmas. May uh, we be mindful to remember you this Christmas. In Jesus' name, amen.